Business Minds, presented by the Florida Business Journals, and brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy. In this download, our focus is on Orlando, with major additions at the airport and Central Florida, a transportation hub. Editor Cindy Barth invites Greater Orlando Aviation Authority CEO Kevin Tebow to share his experience and vision. Welcome, Kevin, and thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Cindy. Glad to be here. You stepped into a very busy time for the airport in this new role, and you've only been in it now for a few months. But we know that this year that the airport's $2.5 billion South Terminal is expected to open. And would you please walk us through some of the highlights of the new terminal's features? You're exactly right. It was a very exciting time. So for our new Terminal C, which is what we're branding it. So just to let you know, you're going to hear us keep using that term. So that's what it is moving forward. Terminal C is going to be a state-of-the-art approach to how we move passengers here in Orlando. So for example, you know, we talk a lot about currently the current airport, the Orlando experience. So clearly we want to leverage that to our new terminal. And in that Terminal C, we're talking about an enhanced approach, what we call beyond the Orlando experience. So when you think a little bit about that, what does that mean? It means all about customer amenities and customer features that we've heard about over the years and we really want to put into practice, like efficient processing through the transportation security checkpoint, efficient processing on getting on a plane for an international flight. We're leveraging technology to do that. What we're also doing is for our international passengers, they actually come out into the sunlight when they arrive versus today when they don't. So, and they get their bags first, which is a unique concept. Not many uh, airports in the country, especially, have that bags first for the international passengers. And so what that does is allow our passengers then to get their bags and then proceed to the Customs and Border Protection checkpoint to go through processing. It's really about how we look at technology and leveraging it for our customer experiences. You know, you'll hear a lot about the uh, media experiences that we'll have at different areas of the airport, and it, it showcases what's so important and, and special for us here in Central Florida, and it's really going to be an exciting opportunity. At the end of the day, Cindy, what this terminal is expected to do is it becomes a sense of place, not like the ter current terminal is today, but almost in some cases a destination in and of itself. Part of the real interesting aspect of the new terminal is going to be the intermodal hub, which is expected to really radically change the way that people come in and out of Orlando. I think most everybody in Central Florida is very excited about the actual opening of all of that and once everything gets underway there. Can you give us an update on where we are as far as establishing those rail connections at the airport? You know, Cindy, every day I go down to our train station and I think about the vision that Phil, his team, you know, and my predecessors have done related to the construction of that. Now it's almost five years that it's been open. And, you know, those of you who have used Parking C have experienced a little piece of it when you do that people mover connection to the terminal, terminal A and B. But it's really set up for what you just said, Cindy, that multimodal connections. And it's a recognition that this airport then becomes the multimodal hub for the region, right? So soon, very, very soon, Brightline with high-speed intercity passenger rail 
will start right after the first of the calendar year going from Orlando to Miami. Think about what that means for this community. Think about how you can arrive from aircraft from Terminal C, which will open in September, walk right across our bridge, the pedestrian bridge, into the train station, and then take a high-speed train to West Palm, the Sea Aunt Cindy, okay, in West Palm, right? In an hour, a little over an hour. That's, that's revolutionary. And that whole train station, by the way, Cindy, was set up not just for Brightline, also set up for commuter rail, our sun rail system and an expansion. And as you know, there's a lot of discussion related to that right now and other modes as well. So it really is all about planes, trains and automobiles when you think about it. Well, the airport is often credited and has been for a long while as serving as a huge economic driver for the entire Central Florida region. What's your secret sauce, so to speak, as far as how you have grown that part of the airport's mission? In order to kind of lay the foundation of that discussion, we kind of give some data first. In this part of the state, the DOT analyzes, they do the statewide, but in this part of the state, they analyze what the transportation modes provide as relates to economic impact. So as relates to the airports in this central Florida region, they provide over $51 billion of economic impact to this region. Of that, Orlando International, one of them, is 41 billion of it. So think about what that is. That's a sort of a magnet related to economic activity. Going back to what I just said earlier about that multimodal connection. It so serves that purpose, right? And as we grow in this region, as you know, Cindy, and the people here in Central Florida know very well, we're growing, right? As it relates to population, not only as a destination, but as a place to live as well. And as that continues to grow, the economic needs are going to continue to grow. So it's more important than ever that we have those modal connections to be able to serve that. And reality is it's really about how do we set up this dead airport and the space that we have here, as you know, we got close to 12,000 acres. So we are fortunate to have size on our side, but how we leverage that for not only passenger movement, but cargo movement as well. One of the things that I'm going to be focusing on here in the short term is how do we increase that cargo mobility here in the region through this airport? Has your emphasis on the cargo development uh, been spurred in part by just a lot of the supply chain issues that everyone is experiencing right now? Has that opened up this as an opportunity for you? Obviously, that's one of them, right? But more importantly is the reliance to that destination part I mentioned earlier that causes us to have these swings in our usage that if I can level it out somewhat, then that helps provide a more predictable revenue for the airport to continue to provide the services that we need if we're gonna to continue to be that multimodal hub, which we are. Well, we all know that the pandemic caused and the subsequent travel uh, shutdowns that occurred as a result, uh, as people were fearful of, of actually moving around much, particularly when it came to travel, hit Orlando International and it hit airports across the country pretty hard. But it particularly hit us hard because so much of our economy is dependent upon the tourism sector and a lot of the airport's traffic is directly related to that. What's your outlook for the rest of this year for that domestic and international traffic? Are you expecting uh, continued upticks or do you see other challenges on the horizon? Oh, that is not a problem at all, Cindy. It is amazing. We are at 2019 numbers here in 2022, right? You've seen that. 
I'm sure uh, others, as they're going to fly in, especially as soon as Sunday, will know that we're back to those numbers. And so the growth continues to happen. I meet regularly with airline representatives who talk about adding service, renewing service, expanding service to this airport. Today, we're close to 100 destinations domestically that we connect. That's amazing when you think about it. Internationally, within the next 12 months, we'll be at 50 destinations and continues to grow. So think about that. You know, within the next year, we'll have over 150 destinations that we're connecting here at this airport. My sense is, Cindy, we're just scratching the surface. Like I mentioned before, either some of our legacy carriers are reinstituting the service uh, later this year that they had suspended because of the pandemic. But we continually get approached by, especially the international carriers, the ones that are in Europe and other locations, about establishing service here, which is really exciting time. Has the airport faced any difficulties and some of your carriers as well uh, as far as staffing uh, issues that all industries seem to be facing right now? Interesting enough, it's not consistent across a particular kind of uh, population, right? So for example, some carriers may have no problem hiring or retaining pilots and flight attendants. Others may have the reverse, right? So it's not across the board systemic issues in a certain category. It's depending on how they're structured more than anything else. But as we've seen from the carriers, They've also had to change their models as well. Look at what some of the bigger legacy carriers have done, for example, with their pay related to flight attendants, right? They changed some of those provisions as a retention tool because they were trying to get out in front of it. And I think what we're seeing from our carriers, at least, that's exactly what they're doing. They're looking at each one of the areas and where their issues are and trying to change their model and how they recruit and retain. The same is true with the Greater Orlando Aviation Authority. We have a very diverse uh, skill set and group here from IT professionals to maintenance technicians to uh, marketing representatives to people who are excellent at their work and related to public affairs. And each one has a different skill set. And our goal is to try to stay out in front of what are those needs are as we grow at this airport to make sure that we can recruit and retain the best talent. Besides the fact that you're seeing an uptick in passenger traffic again, which everyone certainly is very excited about as the airport begins to come out the other side of, uh, of the pandemic, what do you consider some of the other most consequential successes in the past year uh, that has been accomplished at the airport despite all of these challenges? I will tell you, resumption of air service and the customer focus will still be paramount, right? It's really about... Our value proposition to the community is providing that reliable, consistent air service and customer experience. That's why we talk about the Orlando experience, right? That's one of the key aspects. The other thing is being a community player. Cindy, you've seen me get out to the community. I've been out since almost day one. And I really see that we have to do that. We got to continue to do that. But it'll be more than Kevin. It'll be other part of our senior team that's getting out as well because we are a big part of the community and we need to be there outwardly focused to that area. So that's kind of those two key areas for success moving forward as well. Prior to taking uh, the position as the GOA CEO, you had a very high profile position as uh, Florida's uh, Secretary of Transportation. What most interested you in uh, switching uh, your career track from Florida Department of Transportation to airline work? 
Well, as you can imagine, as Secretary of Transportation, we oversaw all the modes, right? And we had a great relationship with every mode of partner, whether it be the seaports, where we have a lot of deep water seaports, there are 14 of them here in the state, our transit agencies that are doing tremendous work, even through the pandemic, where they continue to focus to provide service to those who have transportation disadvantages, to our airports, right? And so one of the things that I did when the pandemic began is have weekly calls with our modal partners with the airports, as well as the seaports, and even our transit, just to connect and talk about shared experiences, how we could help and so on. My experience, Cindy, as a transportation professional, over 30 years now as a transportation professional in multiple modes, what really excited me was what's happening here in Central Florida, the growth of the area, everything that's happening, as well as, more importantly, this is home for me. You know, I've lived in Central Florida since 1988, so it was great to really come back home and to be a part of this growth here in this area. Kevin Tebow joining us. In our next segment, he'll address how the airport fits in with other modes of transportation as Florida Business Minds continues. People's Gas, invested in lowering emissions and developing sustainable energy for a greener Florida. People's Gas is committed to Florida's clean energy future. Learn more about renewable natural gas at floridasenergy.com. What role do you see the airport playing as we continue to build out our infrastructure, particularly as uh, more and more uh, modes of transportation are added? In some cases, we can be the tip of the spear on that conversation and what that transportation options are. In other cases, we're a facilitator of the conversation. So case in point, I alluded to earlier, the SunRail extension or expansion, I should say. Now, clearly, we have done kind of the legwork in getting the station set up here to be able to accept that future mode when that happens. You know, there's going to be some outfitting when it actually happens, but we've done the lion's share of it. But now as it moves forward to into that discussion and how those next steps occur, you know, the airport can play a big part in facilitating that discussion and how that moves forward within the community, recognizing that part of that mobility solution, especially in community rail, is not only about passengers and those that are visiting, but our residents as well, right? Those that are working to wherever that place is, that this gives them a more reliable transportation solution for their day in and day out. We've got rocket launches every day. We've got airplanes taking off, coming in every day, multiple airports around the region and trying to coordinate all of this. How do you see the airport's role in all of this? Has that been a challenge uh, for you all? Or is it something that you feel like you've got a really good handle on as far as how we're juggling all of these different transportation needs? So one of the things that I bring to the table here, Sydney, in my role is leveraging relationships. You've heard me say this before, the biggest thing that we our success relies on partnerships and relationships. And so part of that is leveraging relationships I have with key stakeholders in the region to be able to meet our demands and needs as well as theirs. And so actually just this morning, I had a call with the CEO of Space Florida, Frank DiBello, and just sat down with Frank and started to talk about how do we work together? Because as they grow, and what they're trying to do is relate to space launches over there with whoever the, the provider is, Blue Origin, SpaceX, or whoever. 
ULA, they're using up valuable airspace, right? And as we're growing and the community is growing and our neighbor airports are growing, we have to sit down and talk about those competing needs. And so what I'm trying to do is start that dialogue now so that way we're proactive again in front of this before it gets out of hand. I think the issues we've had more recently, fortunately, have been staffing challenges by some of our partners that they're working on to correct, right? But they can only accomplish so much when we collectively are putting so much in the air, right? So we've got to be out there in front saying, what are the things that we need to put in place to control and protect that airspace for all of our needs? And that's where we're hoping to facilitate uh, in the near future. From your perspective and with a long and storied career in transportation, as you mentioned, you know, more than 30 years uh, in transportation, what do you see is still missing in our transportation infrastructure? I think the only thing that we're missing is recognizing that technology is happening so fast and rapidly that how do we incorporate that and use that and leverage that for not only the customer experience, which is what we'll do here at the airport, as I mentioned earlier with Terminal C, and then again with Terminal A and B, but recognizing that technology will dictate how people move in the future, right? The whole autonomous connected vehicles, seamless mobility, those are all things, you know, on-demand travel, the uh, electric and vertical takeoff of vehicles that are out there. All those things are all like right here. They're on the cusp. It is not a Flash Gordon anymore, right? Oh, that shows my age a little bit there. Sorry. But it's all about, it's right here now, right? The things that we dreamt about are here, front and center. So that's going to change how we do everything in the future. And so... Having a seat at the table, to me, as an airport, but as a uh, stakeholder in this discussion is really, really key. I may not have all the solutions. I may not be the only one that's driving this, but being at the table will get our airport positioned for when it's coming. So you've been CEO now for a few months and have settled in, I assume, at this point, even though you came into a very busy time at, uh, as far as activity at the airport. What other items are at the top of your agenda on your to-do list for the rest of this year? Looking at the demands for air travel within the community, right? That we see so much of it. And it's not only the, the close and net, you know, Seminole, Orange County, Osceola County community. It's that next circle, right? The villages. Let's use the villages as an example. They have a great amount of travel and transportation needs. And how can we meet their needs for mobility? And again, it's really about what are the needs of the community and, and more listening than anything else, right? Sometimes you can prophesize and say, this is what I think you need. I'd rather listen to what they're needing and then responding to that. So what's a little known fact about Kevin Tebow that our uh, audience today might be uh, surprised to know? Oh my gosh. Um, well, other than the fact that you can tell from my accent, I am not a native Floridian. I am from Massachusetts originally. I am a big Star Trek fan. So not as big as a couple of people in our office, by the way. I don't have as much of the paraphernalia on the wall as they do, but I am a big Trekkie fan. What do you see as your greatest leadership strengths that you bring to this uh, new position with GOA? Uh, collaboration and empowerment, right? And obviously communication as well, right? You've seen that a little bit from the outward. 
I'm a big proponent of communicating and getting information, not only through the organization, cascading it through the organization, but it's about collaborations and about empowering our leaders, right? And part of my role here, I see is, as long as I am here, knock on wood, is empowering the team and developing a succession planning, right? Leadership development. I did that at the department so that Jared Perdue now can serve as secretary of the agency. And I'm trying to do that here at the uh, Aviation Authority. Was there anything in particular uh, that drove your passion or interest in staying in transportation uh, so long? So it started with mentors very early in my career. As I said, I'm a, I am don't think I alluded to, I am a registered professional engineer. I grew up in Massachusetts. Like I said, I went to the University of Massachusetts and my first mentor was the department chairman of the civil engineering department. And um, he wanted me to continue my education to become a professor because he thought my skill set, sort of what I was just talking about, communication and development and so on, would serve well. And he was not far off, but I, I had a young family at the time. I had to get to work. So got my first career in transportation, and it was really learning from those different steps along the way. Cindy, I'm really big about like I said, development of our individuals, but also personal development as well. I was just telling the team earlier, I usually read two books at one time. First one is usually a leadership type book for my own personal development. And then the other one, I call it a dessert book. It's just kind of not usually a fiction book, something just kind of amusing, right? Sometimes I'll learn from that one as well. But, and I continue to learn from mentors along the way, some of them formal, some of them informal. And so a lot of my skills that I present today were learning from them. So if you had a magic wand and you could uh, look ahead, you know, into the future and envision the airport, say five years from now, at the end of your first five-year contract, what would you like to see the airport look like at that point? There are two things I think about, right? I really do, Cindy. First is you've heard this term of an aerotropolis, right? When you see what's going on around us, again, we are blessed with size, but there are things that are happening around us that are morphing with the same things related to this future mobility, the uh, autonomous shuttles and those vertical takeoff vehicles and so on. All those things are right here in our proximity that you really could see the shape of an aerotropolis occurring within that five-year horizon. But forward thinking, going beyond that, at some point, I could see this region as this is the epicenter, similar to what Walt thought of back when he bought the property, the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, right? When you think about that model, when you take the Wedway and you see the model over there, Space Mountain, you see that model and what's in that hub? That was a transportation hub, right? This airport could truly be that. And we could be doing that. And uh, we always knew Walt was a visionary, right? Clearly now, is it, are we getting to that point? Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate your time today and your insights on what's happening at the airport. Well, thank you, Cindy. Glad to talk to you again. Kevin Tebow joining us. Thank you for downloading Florida Business Minds, presented by the Florida Business Journals and brought to you by Tico People's Gas at the heart of Florida's energy.